This call is being recorded. You are Locked On Browns, your daily podcast brought to you by the Locked On, I'm sorry, your daily podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network on all things Cleveland Browns. Uh, guys, we're going to get into it here. We've got uh, your week, week 14 pregame show. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals coming to town. Uh, first time, obviously, we've seen the Bengals this year. Two out of the last four here in December with the team from down there, so to speak. Jeff Lloyd and from BrownsMadenSI.com. Pete Smith, uh, lo- local experts on the biggest stories, all things Cleveland Brown-wise for your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound. Uh, Pete, obviously, we haven't seen much of Cincinnati this year. What there has been to be seen isn't good. Um, this is a team just basically trying to finish out the string here and because they don't do much through free agency, hopefully they get themselves to a favorable draft position, rebuild, reload. But, uh, you know, regardless where this season is at, Pete, you can't be losing games like this. No, these should be, uh, you know, these should not only be wins, they should be games where you sort of like start uh, working to, you know, give people reason to believe that you're going to be much better next year. Uh, we're, we'll get Andy Dalton. Uh, I guess we got to see a little bit of, you know, Mr. Finley, which wasn't much at all here. And, you know, as we've, t- you know, I, I talked about a little bit on the, uh, on the crossover episode this week, Pete, it's, you know, look, Andy Dalton, you know, graded nothing really. It's not going to mean much here. Bangle wise, but you know, Andy Dalton, you know, at the age he's at, you know, guy wants to play next year, wants to make some money. He's auditioning for however many teams are are going to be in the free agent market for quarterbacks. Uh, you know, if that's a team like, well, I mean, right now, I guess uh, the Bears are going to do something stupid, like you know, con- convince themselves to give uh, uh, Trubisky that twenty-five million dollar option or whatever it is. Uh, but there are teams out there that you know that that could definitely uh, use a Andy Dalton type quarterback. He's not going to be a great quarterback, but if you have a very good supporting cast, he's not going to kill you either. He'll be solid enough where you should probably get where you're probably looking. We're, we're probably going to go anyway. So he, he in that way, I, I, I suppose he would be sort of like what Ryan Tannehill is doing right now for the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, I see that a lot. You know, I, I definitely see that comparison. The thing is, is look, it's going to be a big – there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks drafted and you have a lot of teams with needs, but you know, look, some they're going to draft guys that don't want to go right away. Uh, Andy Dalton definitely be an interesting name out there. Pete of their skill on. Oh, I mean, it's Joe Mixon. Who's done a whole bunch of nothing, you know, last year's AFC rushing champion, of course. Um, I forgot. I got a proper properly addressed Mr. Mixon. Uh, Tyler Boyd. Um, Tyler's grown on us over the last couple of years. Great route runner. Uh, got a contract. He richly deserves. Still have John Ross back. Uh, Pete, your guy, my guy, Auden Tate, no AJ Green. Look, uh, you know, even with the injuries on D, they don't have much of an offensive line here. There's not much that scares you other than the fact that they're a team that's got nothing to freaking lose. Well, I mean, the problem is Andy Dalton is a good a, a quarterback where if you are will allow him to basically do it. Devlin Hodges did last week, which was sit there and just throw it. He's going to beat you. And Tyler Boyd 
is sort of the perfect receiver for that. He's very good at uh, beating teams up that are just going to be sort of, you know, for, forced to sit in coverage. And he seems like he's a guy who will take advantage of zone. He's a guy who knows how to sort of find holes in coverages and sort of sit there. Um, so from that standpoint, he's a pain in the ass. And, you know, you get a guy like Auden Tate, I mean, the, the it's not a question of speed because, you know, he's slower than you. But if, you know, you need to throw one ball and not score a touchdown and have him go up and get it, I mean, I suppose he's your man. Well, I mean, the thing with Tate is he's just a difficult cover. I mean, you know, he's not really going to get behind you. But, you know, the other thing is, is it's really hard to go through him and great length that Pete, I actually was stunned with this one. And, you know, maybe it's just because he's been injured for so long there. Tyler, Tyler efforts actually been pretty healthy this year. Uh, Not doing a whole lot, but I was stunned. You know, I guess he's just one of those guys you automatically assume come December. You know, he's been on arm for a month already. Well, I mean, it, the thing that sucks is like they 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 sign him back and they 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 keep him and he's he's there, he's largely healthy this year and it's basically been a waste of time because that was the whole thing is like you were basically signing him because you were hoping you'd be you know reasonably good or good enough anyway to sort of make it make sense and you know you get a healthy season out of him and it's not really doing anything for you. I mean, you're one in whatever that what one in. 11, 11, 1 and 12. So, I mean, it's like, it's it's one of these things where it's like, it should be good news, but at the same time, it just doesn't really matter because, you know, who who knows if he's even going to be there next year, but for what they were keeping him for, which is essentially like, like that little bit of a lottery ticket type thing, that if he's healthy, he can help you. And if he's not, you know, it's not a huge loss. You didn't invest it on him. And that's sort of where they're at right now. Yeah, they just don't bring much. Obviously, mean, offensive line is, you know, you know, without their first-round pick, and who knows where Jonah Williams would have fit into this equation. Uh, Greedy Williams is going to come into this one questionable. Uh, to be honest, I mean, what, you know. He's hurt or because he's playing that way? Well, he's listed as questionable, Pete. <laughs> okay. Well, I was going to say his play has been. I was, I was actually going to say maybe it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Greedy Williams to – take a week off and maybe when he comes back, maybe then we'll see the player that we saw for the first two weeks to this point. Uh, you know, I mean, John Ross can get deep. It's not really anything he's done in Cincinnati, even this year a little bit, you know, his success has kind of been in the red zone, which is a little strange in that respect. Do you, you switch anything up here or is it maybe time where you, you just start getting more of a look at this four three with actually playing three linebackers? Well, the Browns have been sort of letting a lot of these young, I mean, the young guys they've been playing sort of, you know, the, doing the growing pains thing. I mean, they've been doing that with uh, with Greedy Williams. They've obviously been doing that with Mac Wilson. I, you know, it, it certainly seems like you're at this point where you might as well do that with Sione Takitaki because you're out of guys who would play that quote-unquote X spot that's uh, sort of evolving into a uh, Sam linebacker spot, so it sort of makes sense. But this is sort of like another reason why it was like, well, you might as well go ahead and go with Sheldrick Redwine. A, he's no worse, and B, he actually potentially has a future where Randall doesn't. Uh, they, of course, went right back to Randall, or at least seemingly have. Uh, but, you know, 
I mean, I don't think Mac Wilson's the answer by any stretch, but I, I'm certainly not going to say don't give him reps. I mean, it's it, you're at this point where you might as well hope that he can benefit because again, if if Mac Wilson plays the whole year, uh, you know, or what's left of this year, he will have exactly twice as many starts as he did in his entire Alabama career, which. You, you you know when you're when you get to the off season you're hoping this whole thing sort of starts to sl- slow down for him and you can sort of catch up to the game a little bit so he can help you I don't think he's a starter I think he's a nice role player and special teams guy which is certainly would certainly be valuable which would validate the pick if that's sort of what he does but you know for a guy like Sione Takitaki especially in this type of game where you know they they're I assume they're going to, you know, try to establish Joe Mixon a little bit, uh, could make an impact there and do some of those type of things. So I'm hoping Green Williams is healthy because, you know, this is actually a good matchup for him uh, in terms of what he does well. Like, I, I, there are games where it would have made more sense for Terrence Mitchell to play from a pure matchup standpoint. But, again, they were going with this, look, Green Williams is going to struggle. He's going to deal with this. We're hoping he gets through it. We're hoping he comes back. Out on the better on on the other side, but legitimately, John Ross lining up on the left side, Reedy's probably your best matchup. It, you know that's not really what Terrence Mitchell does, and I'd be curious if it, if Greedy Williams is out somehow if they don't try to move something around. Because <laughs> Terrence Mitchell is a guy who's who who would be potentially victimized going deep, or if they have to sort of have the safety sort of over there aware of the situation to make sure they don't get just beat over the top. And only thing is on these deep balls, guys, please turn your goddamn heads around. It's getting a little, uh, little long in the tooth there. But, you know, obviously some younger, you, you know, uh, a couple of the younger guys, Brian Cox, Porter Gusson, um, the defensive tackle brought over from Jacksonville. Annoy. They're getting their run. Um, and, look, this is kind of where you're at. And look, you shouldn't be doing this late in the season anyway if you're playing a lesser opponent. A, it's a way to save the legs on some of the veterans in a game where you might not need them as much. But look, you know, you're kind of hamstrung when you only go with a 46-man roster for game day. And, you know, it's a way to get a look at some guys. So there is that to look to. Uh, you know, I don't see much of that concerns me as far as this Cleveland's Cleveland defense. And this is, again, this is kind of what we've been doing all year long. If they play up to their capabilities. And a lot of times it's what actually did the capabilities show up on Sunday. Uh, Pete Lo- uh, Pete Smith, Jeff Lloyd, rolling through your pregame lockdown Browns, getting ready for Sunday, 1 o'clock with the Cincinnati Bengals. More to get to here in a bit. If you're a Spotify listener, use Spotify wrapped to show us your top lockdown podcast for the year. Take a screenshot and tag us at Locked On Live. Tag your host. Uh, I'd love seeing them, guys. It's good. Uh, t- tag your host. Tag the uh, show account as well. Run it on Twitter. Let us everybody this way. We get a chance to see him. We get to retweet, retweet him. We get to thank you. I mean, uh, somebody yesterday was, I think, over 10,000 minutes of listening to us over the year. Fantastic. I appreciate it. Appreciate everyone, obviously. You know, as we're running through here, going to hit a little something fun tomorrow. Uh, maybe give away a couple of things. Just appreciate you guys for all being along for the ride. Pete, the offensive side of the ball. Um, one of their best pass rushers, uh, Hubbard, is out. Uh, you know, there's a couple of names there on that defense. You know, the corners at times can be pesky. William Jackson, 
Uh, Darquez Denard all of a sudden is starting to make an appearance here as he's dwindling down in his Cincinnati career. Jesse Bates is still just a pup at the safety position. But again, on this side of the ball, I mean, sometimes teams are 1-11 for a reason, and it's it's just a team that's extremely void of talent. Well, the the they have an okay they like they have the pieces to be an effective defensive line. They have the pieces to be an effective secondary. They don't have any linebackers, and it's been an issue that's like been dogging them for years and years and years. I remember this with both shows we did last year. Absolutely nothing at the position. And and not only do they they struggle in terms of linebackers, but they struggle in terms of <laughs> linebackers to cover anything. So they you know they have some guys who you know typically go downhill okay, but then offer nothing in terms of coverage. Like I think Vigil is probably their best linebacker at this point. Um, but it was fascinating to me that they got rid of Malik Jefferson when they did, because they had nothing, and it felt like. Man, may as well see what he can do. And they were like, right, nope. like here's your shot, so, kid. Like, see if you can earn a roster. Yeah, so like, I think Vigil might be the only guy who's going to be back next year in that linebacker room. They are going to get rid of everybody. So, yeah, it's a bad unit. And um, you know, if you're getting a guy like David Njoku back, which they've said they're going to do, they haven't actually activated yet, but they said he's back. Uh, and they have no choice. It's either this week or he's back on injured reserve. Um, you know, this could be a really big week for him in terms of that, you know, that RPO mesh concept where they, you know, they go with that quick seam uh, pass to a guy like Najoku. You know, they've done so much with slants and that, which is also, you know, should also be an effective play against this type of team. But if, if you can isolate linebackers on a guy like Najoku or, you know, Steven Carlson or Ricky Fields-Jones or Demetrius Harris or any of those guys, then you could potentially create some really nice plays and avoid those corners you would rather not deal with as much, but that's interesting. The other, the other thing, and I think the whole month, the last month of the season should really be about trying to uh, fix or however you want to put it, basically find a way to make uh, Beckham more effective. And this has nothing to do with the, Michigas that's been going on the past couple of years. It's just entirely of if this is who you are and who you want to be, get, you know, let's let's make this thing work. Let's give me reason to believe, you know, let's give people reason to believe that this is going to be better. And not for nothing, but if that's that's improved, you should be more you know, more competitive in games and hopefully win those games. But last but not least, you're Freddie Kitchens. If you can start making that look like it's going to work. I mean, that's just good for your job security. This is this big superstar piece you've added that doesn't look like a superstar this year. So get that going. Try, I, you know, I'd put a hell of a lot more effort into just trying to make that part of this thing work and go from there. Well, and, well two things. Njoku ate up the Bengals last year in both games. Uh, absolutely just literally tore him up. So, you know, him, hopefully this is a good week and he can come back, kind of just kind of hit the ground running. And with the Odell thing, yeah, I mean, I, I can't stress it enough. I mean, because John Dorsey last year literally said, well, I mean, said through his actions that, uh, damn the offensive line, if I can get as much skill as possible, we'll try to – it'll work. It's not, and it's it, it's been an issue this year. 
Um, obviously, the the loss of Zeitler, it's it's had a huge, huge, huge significance on all of this this year. Um, you are currently right now, you know, this is Wyatt Teller is the fifth guy you've ran out there at right guard. Uh, you know, there was the summer camp battle of Cush and Corbett and Kalis. And then all of a sudden, Drew Forbes is getting second quarter reps at right guard in, the, in, in, in preseason games. Then in late August, you trade for Wyatt Teller. Uh, so this team, they, they can't afford to have to, again, this offseason, tinker around at other spots. It's just how the big the demand is going to be here for, you know, at the offensive tackle position. And uh, one, again here, Pete, Nick, I mean, it's not like Nick's not really torn up everybody to this point, but Nick, again, I mean, this was a team he absolutely dominated last year. Well, I think, I think Nick Chubb had his worst game of the season against the Steelers, and it wasn't because he was bad. It was they, they didn't give him the ball enough, especially Put in him the on ice. half. Yeah, um, you know, so that's certainly going to be a part of this thing. Everything's got to flow through that part of the game because, you know, they, they are obviously better when they can, A, run the ball, and B, run play action off that. Uh, so, you know, that's where this thing should start. Um, and that hopefully creates opportunities for those other things, like Beckham and like those other things. And it's not just turn and throw on some on some screen that doesn't get blocked effectively. It's you know it's something a little bit more effective in terms of like that intermediate stuff. Like they've been able to work some slants on him and and, and those type of things. But it would be better if they could really start getting an intermediate game because right now part of the reason they can't go deep as much, at least in a game like last week, is they couldn't block long enough. So they've got to be able to sort of do those things to be able to get him going. But, yeah, I mean, Nick Chubb is a phenomenal football player, and this should be a game where, again, it's about building towards the future. And you're you're looking at guys like Wyatt Teller, and you're hoping he's going to keep growing in that part of the game. And one of the ways to do that is keep running the ball. Uh, And when they're able to run that wide zone stuff, they're really good, and he's pretty good at it. So – there's no reason to assume Chubb won't be there, and it, it, but but this is again if you're if you're looking at this as sort of like an opportunity to keep building what you want to do, it's incorporating more opportunities to find Nick Chubb in the passing game that's beyond just screen, like you know that running back wheel they ran a couple of weeks ago, which was really effective, and some of those things. Uh, in with Nick, you know, that's the thing. And it's actually funny you brought up that wheel route because he did have the wheel route that led to the phenomenal catch last year in Cincinnati where, you know, and that was kind of, you know, Nick's wanted, you know, which led to a phenomenal role there at the end. It started with that first win in Cincinnati, uh, which was the Sunday after Thanksgiving. And, you know, Nick just kind of was basically on a tear from there. But you got to do more because, I mean, look, the screens are just easily – and epically predictable. Kareem brings you more of that. Obviously saw it with the touchdown last week in Pittsburgh. Uh, and the other thing is, is what if something's going, Pete, they don't necessarily have to go away from it. And that's kind of what happened last week. Well, it's, you know, it's that whole thing, that classic thing of, of, of do you, you, you get out of something too fast because you're worried they're going to stop it. Uh, do you, you know, run it, run something until they prove they can stop it. You know, it's that sort of, you know, second guessing yourself type of thing. So, yeah, I mean, there's always that, that element. And I think 
you know, Freddie Kitchens acknowledged that he, you know, even right in the moment, didn't feel like he ran the ball enough last week, which is right. Now fix it. So, again, it's about just getting better at these things. And if, if, if nothing else, I mean, again, you need to win these games, you, these, at least three of them. Uh, you're hoping to win all four, but again, if you're a guy like Freddie Kitchens, this is a, this is reps. This is opportunity for you to get better. This is opportunity for you to sort of like work on some of these things, and that's important. Uh, it's it's it, crazy as it is. Uh, you're down to two home games left this year. That's it. And you know, I tell you guys all the time, nothing goes faster than an NFL season. Pete, the you know the script mentality, you know the script thought process. Why don't teams do a little bit more of it? Um, if you, you know, because if you spend so much time setting it up, and part of why you do it is because you think A leads to B, B leads to C, ooh, C could lead to a deep shop here, which is D. Why isn't there more of that done? I think it's the same thing, you know, largely of why do why do baseball teams take pitchers out? Uh, before they, you know, before the the third time they face a batting order. Because, you know, by that point, they've adjusted. So you could theoretically script out 70 plays, and you're just going to run through them all the entire way. But at some point, the defense is going to make an adjustment, and you're going to have to adjust. And at that point, your script likely falls off. You still always have – I mean, that's why you've got that freaking Cheesecake Factory menu out there of things you think you can do, but you have to adjust. That's why, you know, in some ways – you're almost once you go to halftime, you're almost like thinking of that third quarter script. What are you going to come out and do? And you know that's why you, you, I mean the Browns have been very good uh, in terms of uh, running that initial script, having success. They've done really well in terms of scoring points on that first drive, and then they get into some some lulls, as Baker Mayfield likes to call them, and then they come out in the third quarter. And they tend to have a pretty good handle on things. I think, if anything, in the third quarter and the second half is when they probably give up on what they're doing too quickly. Uh, I mean, again, the sec- first, first and second quarter, they're going to adjust. But after you get to that third quarter and you start hammering something, if they haven't adjusted to it, they don't really have time to make a wholesale change. It's really difficult to do that. So from that standpoint, you just keep going with it until – until they stop it. But yeah, I mean, I mean, their coaches are getting paid too. So you can come up with a script for everything, but they're going to figure it out at some point. You're going to have to do something else. You got to zig when they zag, so to speak. More coming here on your Lockdown Browns pregame show. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants, whether it's local, whether it's franchise, come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the promo code Locked On. If you're listening to the car, uh, don't be doing that now, guys. Uh, go check out the, uh, obviously, the discount from DoorDash at LockedOnPodcast.com slash offers. We appreciate all our wonderful sponsors here on the LOPN Network. Pete, looking at this game and it's a simplicity, and this is one of the things actually all you fans should be looking forward to. Weather-wise, it looks like it's going to be a good day. You can have a day about 50 degrees, so you should be able to enjoy yourself, not be freezing your stones off. And there's no way. I mean, Pete, 
any way you want to slice this, this should be in Browns going away, double digits easy, if not two touchdowns. Should be, uh, but it's just one of those things where you just get the W and move on. But again, these these, these are games where you should probably showcase some strength, uh, look better than a team that's obviously slated the pick first in the entire draft, uh, and give reason to believe that you know this is this is going to a better place. I mean, if you win and you squeak by, yeah, you won and you're going to sort of move on to the next week. But again, it's not style points necessarily. It's just making people feel like this is going in the right direction. If you're Freddie Kitchens, you want to make them uh, give give ownership and, and anyone else a sense that they're improving and that they're going to sort of come back in 2020 better Otherwise, it's just going to be more lingering questions about where, you know, about are they, do they have a good enough head coach? You know, do they have the right pieces, parts for this, that, and the other? So it's, it's an opportunity for, to show some strength. And, and the Browns at some point have to be able to do that because other than the Dolphins game, they really haven't. And I guess if you're going to say there's any reason to believe that they're going to do that, it would be looking at the Dolphins game. So I mean, it's always different when it's a divisional game, but the Browns have clearly more talent, and they need to prove it. Uh, and look, you know, it, it, one more loss in that building this year, and with only Baltimore to come, you know, it's you're gonna have an aggravated fan base, and you know, and a lot of people who are gonna go to the games regardless could end up seeing a lot of black and purple in that final home game, which you most certainly don't want under any circumstances. Uh, Pete, I, I, look, I, I agree with the Odell thing. This, this needs to be, this needs to be a seven for one twenty and a touchdown for Odell. He needs it. I think the team needs it. Certainly the media needs it so they can shut the hell up all about all this stinking nonsense. Again, it's, it's, you brought in this guy to be a, a, a star, a focal point of your offense. It's, you know, whether it's the Bengals or Team X, it doesn't really matter, but you've got a month, you know, make him look and make him seem and make it feel like for 2020, this is going to be, this is going to be a better deal, that this was sort of a fluky thing, that they were just sort of, uh, you know, an adjustment, albeit one that's too slow, but give people reason to believe that, that this wasn't for nothing, that there was something that this was going toward. And if they can do that, then great. If they can't, then again, it's just more questions. Uh, and yeah, exactly. And because the other thing is what you're going to look at is, is, Oh yeah, that's great. You upgraded the weapons. Our quarterback in year two played better with lesser weapons and a better offensive line. It's, you know, you'd like to have the perfect mixture of both. And hopefully you can get that obviously in this off season as this draft is just going to, continuously just seems to be turning out offensive tackles as the weeks go on here. Pete, uh, the latest over at Browns, Maven. Well, I mean, today was uh, today and last night, it was obviously a lot of stuff on, on, on Beckham, uh, some stuff on the matchup this coming week and on all that good stuff, but uh, it's just going to be more analysis on everything that's going on and, and hopefully uh, talking about, you know, the things they are improving on going into this week and these last four games. 
Okay. And obviously we did a lot on this. So Pete, um, obviously you and your Streetsboro crew fell a little short in the division three run, the division three run wrapped up today for, because we got a bunch of people who actually ended up enjoying being on a ride. Go ahead. Let everybody know how the division three championship played out today. Uh, Trotwood Madison played against Mansfield senior, uh, they were just two phenomenally talented offensive teams. Uh, Mansfield Senior was enormous. They had a bunch of really, really big dudes on both sides of the line of scrimmage. And uh, Trotwood Madison struggled to move the ball because they were just somewhat more powerful. Meanwhile, uh, Trotwood Madison had a really phenomenally fast defense that just flew around and took away a lot. Uh, Trotwood or uh, Mansfield Seniors, they, they went zero to zero the first half. Nobody was really doing anything. And then the second half, uh, Mansfield Senior came out with one big run, 94-yard touchdown. Uh, and then uh, it went down to sort of the, the fourth quarter where uh, Trotwood Madison was able to drive down. They went they, they, they went a bunch of empty formation with a bunch of QB uh, keep stuff and were able to, to get Mansfield Senior in a, in a situation where they had no linebackers in their box and went uh, up the middle with their – with their uh, tailback and, and quarterback, which got them to overtime. In fact, the, the, the last, they, they got down to the, uh, it, like the three yard line with a couple seconds left for a field goal at the end of regulation. Uh, Trotwood Madison had a slow snap. Uh, Mansfield came piling through uh, behind one of their big guys and blocked it, forced overtime. First overtime possession, uh, Trotwood, Trotwood Madison was able to hit sort of fade into the corner of the end zone. It was a really nice catch. Uh, and then uh, it, it went bad for Mansfield. They had uh, two botched snaps on their possession. They made it like third and 37, I think it was. They come out with an empty formation, throw like a post. It, you know, it was just out of the kid's reach. I think he actually had a shot to catch it and at least make it fourth and reasonable. He couldn't make the catch. They went for a Hail Mary uh, Trotwood Madison intercepted the end zone. Uh, you know, it was a great game. They, you know, like I said, great defenses. Their offenses did not look very good just because the defenses were so great. But uh, Trotwood Madison was able to hold on. Uh, for anybody, for Mansfield Senior has a, a, a defensive back. I think he was voted best uh, defensive player in the state of Ohio for D3 or whatever. He's going to Michigan State. He's really freaking good. Uh, this safety, he just flies around and uh, decks people. Uh, so yeah, uh, Trotwood Madison won. They earned it. They were they were impressive. Very very good teams. All right. So we gave you that part of it. We got you your pregame. We got you Bengals offense. We got versus Browns defense. Flipped it up on you. Um, look, it should be an easy one on Sunday. Uh, we've said that a numerous numerous times this year, and it's not gone that way. But look, you know, go out there. You know, get yourself a W. Keep yourself relevant. You know, as uh, Yogi Berra said, it ain't over till it's over. You got a shot. You got a shot. So that's it's. You, you got to play the hand you're dealt here, and no whining. This is the NFL. You dug yourself into this five and seven hole. Run the table. See where the chips may fall. You get another shot at Baltimore. Who knows where you know where where their you know season is headed as far you know looks pretty good obviously. Uh, but go out, win the games you got to win. You got four more to play. Show up, play sixty minutes of good football. Hopefully, you come out on the right side. From SI.com's Browns Maven, Pete Smith. Make sure you're following Browns Maven. Check everything out over on SI.com at underscore Pete Smith underscore. Make sure you're following over there. 
Pete's closing in on that 6,000 follower mark. Let's get his little, uh, let's get his ass over there. Uh, the show itself at Locked On Browns, always follow back account. DMs are open. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. DMs are open. Uh, you know, guys, anything you need, and I get a bunch of questions every day. You know, look, if you're not big on the Twitter timeline, I understand it. So try to get to do my best to answer as many of those as I possibly can over there. Uh, yeah, tomorrow, uh, well, we'll have a little news from Lockdown Browns tomorrow. Uh, we're going to do a couple of giveaways, but some good stuff. But uh, just, you know, obviously want to thank you all for being here. Um, look, you only got two home games left at this point. Enjoy the living daylights out of them. Uh, and this has been your Lockdown Browns pregame show. This has been your daily delivery of all things Dog Pound, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.